Welcome to Enneagram-ish, where we talk honestly about the Enneagram, growth, and the ugly, messy, wonderful art of living. My name is Valentine, and I'll be your host. Welcome back, friends, to episode 13, and today I want to discuss growth lines. So many of the patterns of behavior that we might notice in ourselves are unconscious. So perhaps we do something because we're triggered or stressed or because we're just on autopilot. What I like about the Enneagram, though, is its invitation to move out of autopilot, to begin to really notice what it is we're doing as we move through life. And when you become more aware, I love that the Enneagram shows you what elements of your personality may begin to emerge. So you can kind of track your progress. Because to be honest, so much of the journey of getting to know yourself and your personality is just demoralizing because it's reminder after reminder of all of these unwanted traits like, oh, I still can't use my words when I'm feeling this way or, oh, I still engage in this bad habit when I'm feeling rejected. It's like, damn, you really can't escape your own negative traits sometimes. However... When you put in the time and the effort to understand yourself and your history and your relationships and your triggers, basically when you begin to truly work on and heal yourself, you do begin to show up differently. And I love that the Enneagram gives us a handy map of the directions you can grow in along that path. That's where the growth lines come in. So let's get into it. All right, pause this audio for a second and Google an image of the Enneagram. Did you do it? Do you see how all the numbers have two lines attached, one leading to the type and one leading away from it? In the last episode, we discussed the unidirectional lines and how these show what each type does in times of stress. This is a very well-respected theory within the Enneagram. Today, however, I'd like to discuss a different theory, one that makes a lot of sense to me, and that was mapped out by Dr. Beatrice Chestnut. I name drop her a lot because she's kind of the best. Her theory involves a lot more fluidity and connectedness between the stress and growth lines. So she actually argues that the number leading to your type represents some characteristics that you had to repress in childhood, and the number ahead of your type represents key challenges for growth in order to become the best version of yourself. And basically, you first have to deal with the elements of yourself that weren't allowed to flourish when you were younger. And once you've done this, you'll be prepared enough to take on the challenges of your stress point. I know the theory might sound confusing, and we'll do a case study to clarify it. But I appreciate this theory because it allows for more connectedness between our integration and disintegration lines. And I think nuance is just always a good thing. So let's do an example using type 6 as a case study. Sixes, also known as the loyalist, are responsible, steady, analytical people who are deeply committed to the people and causes in their lives. Sixes are often very prepared because they spend a lot of time considering the worst case scenarios, and because of that, they're often excellent in emergencies. 
They can often struggle with anxiety, doubt, and with making a decision because they don't trust themselves to make the right one, instead turning to trusted friends or ideologies to help them decide. Along their path of self-development, type 6 is linked to types 3 and 9. Using the theory we just mentioned then, 6s need to go back to 9 and then forward to type 3. Type 9 represents an easygoing, trusting, merging with others attitude that many 6s didn't feel they could embrace when they were younger, whether because they needed to be hyper alert or independent, or because their environment was unpredictable or unsafe. A move to 9 then, for a 6, is an invitation to release some fear, to go with the flow and find comfort in supportive relationships. Once a six is able to reintegrate some of these lost pieces of themselves, they can begin the move to three. For a six, a move to type three represents an action-based, hopeful sense of momentum that comes from setting and meeting your goals and from delighting in impressing others. A move to three can help a six move away from analysis paralysis and to become more self-assured, industrious, and trusting of their decisions. A move to three can also represent an acceptance of visibility or spotlight, which to a six can sometimes feel like putting a target on your back. So as you can see, a type six who's working on themselves could very much benefit from the growth opportunities offered by both type three and nine. And that's why I think there's tremendous value in this particular theory. And I think that's where we'll leave it today. I hope that was clarifying. I'll see you soon, friends. Thank you for listening to Enneagram-ish with me, Valentine. Our logo was designed by the fabulous Aya Yacoub, and our audio engineer is the phenomenal Frank Ogetto, who also created our theme song. If you're liking what you're hearing, please like and subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us on our Instagram page at Enneagram underscore ish. If you've got the time, consider leaving us a comment on Apple Podcasts because feedback is queen. Thanks again. Ah!